Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm very excited today to be joined by Karina Ludwig, who's the president at FunctionFox, which is a leading timesheet and project management software for creative professionals. They've been around for 22 years. It's a very long time in the industry, and they help agencies all around the world with productivity, profitability, and workflow management. And she's here today to talk about some of the trends that we're seeing inside the agency industry and some tactical tips on how to improve time management and project management and all of those operational aspects of the agency. So with that, Karina, thank you so much for making the time to join us today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Great to be here. Well, we were talking before the show just about like, the first thing I want to say is there was a time when Parakeeto was trying to compete with Function Fox. We were trying to build an all-in-one agency management solution. I was just saying to you before the show, like I have so much admiration for companies like yours that are building platforms that are doing so many things and competing with like at this point, you've got to be competing with like thousands of little time tracking and project management. Like there's just such a red ocean market. So I just want to give you props for solving a really challenging technical problem and having done it for such a long time across so many different agencies. And it's, it's really cool to be able to connect with you today yeah i appreciate that uh, 22 years ago you know there was only about a handful we were like one of five that was doing online time tracking project management so times have definitely changed and uh it's it's a tough market for sure and i'm glad that we started when we did but yeah i i give props to anyone else that's doing it as well <laughs> awesome so we're going to dig into um, quite a few there's quite a few things i want to just talk to you about today. Um, But before we get into it, I'd love to give you an opportunity to, in your own words, describe what you do and who you serve. Yeah, really. So we uh, simply put online timesheets. It's software for specifically geared for creative agencies. We also have other agencies that work with us as well, but primarily it's creative agencies that we work with or that we target. And it's helping them increase their agency time and financial project management Um, Everything from helping them get set up and tracking their clients and their projects and their staff all the way through to best practices and how we can help improve their workflow and at the end of the day, make more money. Awesome. So the first thing I want to spend some time on is 22 years. I feel... I have a very strong point of view on this, that the agency world has changed a lot in the last 22 years. And the way that you got to run an agency today and the pressures and the dynamics in the market are very different than what they looked like 20 years ago, which is interesting because I feel like the last 20 years is like when that shift happened. It like started around that time and now it's like really reared its head. I'm very curious what you believe kind of the the key shifts in the market have been and some of the trends that you're seeing now um, across all the different clients that you work with. Yeah, 20 years is a long time. I mean, if you think back 22 years ago when we started, people weren't doing online banking. So put that in perspective, right? People were just getting into the internet. Like they were still faxing at that time. There's a still fax to some degree today, but really it it was archaic in terms of the technology. And, you know, 22 years later, it's, it's very different. I think there's some things that have stayed the same and there's also some ebb and flows of things that shift. 
Um, I think real estate is a good example. You know, sometimes it's a real estate market where it's a buyer's market. Sometimes it's a seller's market. It's the same thing in the advertising industry. And one of those things that ebbs and flows back and forth, I think, are just agencies doing the work, you know, in-house versus hiring external agencies. And I think that's one trend that continues to go back and forth. Um, I think it's currently more with in-house at this time. You know, they love seeing the transparency, specifically with timesheets brings greater value, greater transparency overall. And then I think there's some things that have stayed consistent. Um, billable hours has always been important. At the end of the day, you know, the agencies need to make money, but that percentage has increased. So, you know, I think where people were happy with 40 or 50% billable time, now it's 65, 70% billable, and most are striving for a higher number for financial freedom. Um, and again, that comes back to timesheets, of course, but I'm not saying that, you know, everyone needs to track their time, but it's, it's definitely helpful in that regard. Um, other trends, obviously technology is a big one, the tools that we're using, the channels, there's lots of different channels now. So marketing has, you know, it's kind of the, the advertisers dream because there's so many channels to work with, but it's also a bit of a nightmare because you have to absorb all those different channels and figure out cross promotion. So I would say some of those, those are sort of the biggest ones. And then COVID obviously has had a, a massive impact on advertising lines, uh, geography lines, hybrid, and we can get into all that sorts of stuff. But those were the biggest ones that I'd say. It's so interesting. We, my team and I spent a couple weeks ago, um, an entire afternoon really trying to write down our our category story, which is like our point of view on why the agency world is different and what the vacuum that's been created is that that warrants our existence, right? That validates our, you know, there actually being a need for us. And it's it's all of the things that you just talked about, right? It's um, from my perspective, it's like it used to be that time materials was just what everybody was doing. Now you're seeing smaller agencies taking on much more complex, not only pricing models, but also staffing models. So to your point, different mixes of in-house teams, but then also freelancers, but then these white label partners. And there's there's like, ten, tends to be a lot more complexity in smaller agencies than I've seen in the past. And then similarly, like some projects are flat rates, others are time materials. And they're, they're usually mixing a lot of these things together. And I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing the utilization targets go up because it used to be that on time materials, it's like, you were comfortable with 40% because you were getting paid for all 40% of those hours, but now you might be at a 60% billable, um, you know, time kind of percentage, but you might still only be getting paid for 40 or 50% of those hours because it was a flat rate project and you went over budget and like all of these dynamics are really interesting. And then to your point, there's so much more downward pressure on margins. It's currently, I think, an employee's market more than an employer's market. Um, you have these now global com competitive markets, like geographical fencing is not really a real thing anymore. You're being pushed into more specialization. There's not as many like long-term agency of record. So it's just, a, it's a totally different ecosystem. There are fundamentals that are the same. And it's interesting to hear about those pendulums that you're seeing swing you know, over long time horizons, but, uh, it's fascinating how much alignment there is. And we didn't rehearse this. Um, I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm not crazy. Um, no, <laughs> these things are real. Yeah. And I think, you know, the geo lines most recently, just because of COVID, right. Everyone's working from home. People had to scale down to a smaller team. In some cases, we've seen a lot of agencies close that just couldn't make it. Some of those are back now, but, um, you know, they have their core team of solid people that they've had for a long time. And then 
they they can use freelancers. So there's a, a higher bid on higher quality. They can hire very specific people. They don't have to have the generalist. And I think that's you know definitely increased the billable hours overall and, and helped the agencies become more profitable because of it. So when it comes to that first pillar, which is really um, payroll and finance, what are some of the key requirements that agencies should be thinking about as they evaluate how to get that set up in their business? Yeah, I would say that the most important thing is that it's clear for whoever the accountant is on how to track what they need to track. So, um, and that it can grow with your business. So most of those platforms out there, whether it be like a QuickBooks or a Sage or, you know, simply accounting or any of those, um, they can scale with your business. It's easy to put staff details in. It's easy to update them. Most of them are integrated with other programs. Even if they're not, that's okay because the accounting can really function on its own if you can put or import the right information into it. Sometimes it's not a true sync, but you know that can be a standalone. And we sometimes recommend that it's standalone because then it's completely not attached to any other employees. And sometimes that gives some, some trust to their employees. So I would say that's, that's the pillar and I would start with that. Um, and get something that's scalable for your business. And I'll add to that in saying that like, it's alarming to me how many people will hire a new firm, set up QuickBooks, et cetera. And then I ask them things like, okay, well, you know, what goes into this chart of accounts, you know, bucket, what goes into this one and how do you accrue your revenue? And they're like, I don't know, my accountant just does it. It's like, there's never been. So there's just a couple like really simple, they're not hard conversations, but like, conversations you should be having around like if you're doing accrual revenue recognition well what is your accounting team looking at to understand how much uh, revenue to accrue for each client and how are you defining things like pass-through expenses and delivery expenses and sales and marketing versus admin and there's some great resources on our blog to kind of help identify how to isolate those things but a little bit of thought can go a really long way in making sure that that data is very clean and useful going forward um, since you're going to be making the investment to do that stuff anyway, you might as well do it just a little bit better. And I think it's really having that conversation with your accounting team or your, you know, at the end of the year, where do you want to be as a business? Where do you want to grow to? And helping them see some of those goals, they can work back with you and say, okay, well, let's actually track this differently so that we can, you know, see revenue by product or see revenue by department or whatever it may be. If you're tracking the right things and you know your KPIs and you stick to them, your accountant can actually be your best ally or resource in terms of getting you to your numbers where you want them to be, not just inputting the numbers. Um, you know, they can be that they're doing that on a monthly or quarterly or a weekly basis anyway. So uh, they're the best ones to help you in that guide that. Yeah, that's such a great insight um, because most accountants are not, you know, that's not really their their job is to kind of try to think ahead to what you're going to want to see and then architect your data to do that. So it's really important for you as the client to be clear with them about your objectives, what kind of things you want to see, because the data has to get set up at the start for that. It, you can't go back usually and <laughs> somehow start tracking things that you weren't tracking before. So that's a really, really good uh, thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And, and we do the same with any time tracking software. So we start the conversation with what do you have right now? What do you like? You know, what are you seeing? What kind of reporting do you need? and then work back the data, right? So that you can actually get out what you want. And I think if you have those KPIs up front, um, whether it's, you know, top line growth, bottom line growth, like any combination thereof, 
if you set out what you're looking for, you can track everything and put in your, you know, GLs that are applicable so that you can really get the granular data that you're looking for. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to paraketo.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. With that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Now that leads into the next thing, which is like the non-financial data. We get into project and time. And my POV on this is like finance the beautiful thing about finance data is it's so precise because everything has to go through that and get reconciled, all your actual invoices. But the challenge with that is getting it to be more detailed in terms of like what milestones or deliverables or clients like that additional precision becomes very expensive because you're invoicing and like there's a lot of different things, uh, invoicing, costing, all that has to start to get broken down at a higher level of granularity. And typically finance data is lagging. So for most people, it's a monthly cadence. You might be 15, 20 days after the month before you actually get visibility into what's happening in the business. So this is where time and project data can be so useful because it can give you a slightly less precise, but generally very accurate view into what's happening in the business on much tighter time horizons. And it tends to be far less expensive to make that data more precise to clients or milestones or phases within a project, like all those kinds of different things that you might want to see. It's way less expensive to set that up in something like a project management or time tracking tool. So I think that the non-financial data is like so much more important, especially in this new era of agency where things move fast and people are specialized and you have all this complexity in the business. So this is where how you set up your time tracking or project management becomes really important. So on that note, let's talk about time management and project management. What are the keys there? What should agencies be thinking about when they're looking at their tooling and their requirements there? Yeah, it depends on where you're at, right? So I think everyone wants to be perfect in this regard and everyone knows that they could be better, but start with where you're at and don't try to do it all at once. I would say, you know, focus on one thing and just try to, you know, look at one client and say, okay, are we on track? Are we better than we were last month? Don't try and do everything across the board because it's really difficult, but waiting for your accountant or, you know, your, your month end financial reports, 10, 15, maybe 20 days if you're there, encourage on the, you know, eight to 10 days after the the end of the month. Um, It's too late by that point to, you know, you can look at the trends, you can go, okay, yep, it should be really no surprises. But if you're looking at that and going, okay, that's what we want to make our decisions on, it's too late. So really, you need to do that in the time tracking and project management. And if you set it up in the right way, you can pull those reports, you know, daily, weekly. Um, and if setting it up by project for each client is setting up, you know, what are the billable rates for each of the staff? Are you profitable? You can set up that profitability and say, okay, you know, are we at target? Are we over target or under? Um, and making those adjustments in real time and doing it right down to, you know, the designer has 15 hours for this project and they're currently at 10. They still need another 10. They're going to be over. So let's adjust now and, 
have that scope creep with a client discussion so that it's not over and you're not over servicing that client um, and then realizing a month or maybe even six weeks later that you, you were too late. So I would just take it client by client, project by project, drill down as much as you can uh, without getting too far in the weeds, but looking at some benchmarks. And there's lots of tools out there where you can put those benchmarks in. So we have on ours specifically, you know, I want to know when I'm at 75% of target or 80%. So you can get alerted much earlier than your, your end target date um, so that you can stay on top of those things and not have to be drilling in those details all the time. Yeah, you, you raise something that I think is really, really important, which is starting simple and then building on that foundation, because I'm sure you see this all the time inside of your tool. We see it all the time where people are conflating precision and accuracy, right? Where it's like, I need to know the amount of time that it took to complete this subtask within a task, within a deliverable, within a milestone, within it. And there, there's so many issues with that. It's like, okay, well, how much operational drag is that creating? Because now every time you set up a project, the team has to do it at that level. Then time tracking becomes more complex because the team has to know exactly where to put every time entry. So your compliance starts to go down. So there's like this point of diminishing returns that is a lot earlier than I think a lot of people realize in terms of like how much more precise this information is going to be. It doesn't add that much more accuracy because you're, you still know roughly where the issue is, but the cost of that in terms of operational drag goes up exponentially. So I love that, that key point, which is start simple, you know, start at a high level and then only add complexity as you feel like it's really necessary and build on that because um, we, I see this all the time. People come out of the gates, they get excited about the new tool, they set it up to the nines, and then the team is like, well, it takes me four and a half hours to set up a project or log a time entry because there's like 76 different buckets that I need to put time into, and it just ends up destroying compliance and undermining the whole exercise. Yeah, at the end of the day, if everyone's tracking their time against the clients and projects that they're doing, that's already great. So once you have that, and you're seeing on the reports, you want to know which are your most profitable clients, which ones you're spending too much time on, really over-servicing or under-servicing. Um, those kind of reports can really help you drill down. And then if you see something where, you know, you don't really like the end result, drill down into that one and go, okay, we need to modify this. Or this one, we don't have enough detailed information going forward. Let's add one more category. But the subtask tracking, honestly, it's, it's great but most people don't use it. So I would recommend stay higher level, get bigger results, bigger shifts that you can do. And then once you have it and there's nothing else to find or improve, then add some more complexity and dive down a little bit deeper. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's that's definitely the way, the way to go about it. So the last thing I want to spend a little bit of time on here is around workflow. And when it comes to, okay, we've, we've got some tracking, we're starting to see that we're not performing at the level that we want to be. Maybe our utilization is not quite as high, or we're noticing that we're over-servicing clients, or maybe we're just looking at financials and it's like, hey, our delivery margin's not that great. What are some of the key levers that you see clients being able to pull in order to get things back on track that uh, our listeners should be thinking about? Yeah, there, there's so much complexity in that. And there's so many variables. Um, you know, I think it comes down to a few things. One would be HR. Do you have the right people in the right seat doing the right things? You know, 
you can put a junior person in in a spot that's going to take them three or four times as long. So you think you're getting it cheaper, but really you're not. So I would look at always the human factor. Does that have an impact on it? Secondly, I would look at the client and the project and your niche. Are you niche focused? Are you taking on projects that are outside of your normal realm? Are there things that, you know, that you're taking too long to do because it's out of your wheelhouse? So sometimes that will have an impact on, you know, the financial success of, of that particular project or client. Um, and then I would say third in terms of workflow and overall agency time and financial management is just uh, the right set of clients and the right mix of projects. And that's really hard to control, but knowing that you've got the right flow and that you're doing projects that your team's excited about and that you're spending the right time on the right projects with the right people, it sounds really easy, but it actually is really difficult and trying to get those projects to align at a time. And so that's accountability and agency workflow and that you're putting in the projects at the right timing and that you have enough to keep the team busy and engaged. Um, but also giving them enough time to have the creative flexibility to really give and deliver the best work. Um, so that's really workflow and planning and, you know, comes down to the project manager and the traffic manager really putting in the right workflow so that the team can be as productive, engaged and um, results focused as possible. It, it, that ties perfectly into something that we say internally all the time, which is the data can only tell you what the data is, but it can't tell you why the data is. And you went right there, which is great. It's like, okay, our utilization is not where it needs to be, but that should lead you to a conversation about why that is. And there, to your point, there could be all kinds of reasons why that is, um, or, you know, a client's being over-serviced or under-serviced, or that this junior person's taking three times longer. Those insights come at the end of a conversation. And so the data really should serve as a smoke signal, help you understand where you need to go and explore, but it shouldn't be seen as the thing that's going to get you to the absolute answer. And, and that ties back to the last thing we talked about. That should release some of that need to want to make it super, super detailed and precise. Um, because underneath what is fairly objective math of like, you know, utilization times average billable rate times capacity, like that's how much money you make. That's all fine and good. But the nuances of why things go in a certain direction is something that you really is solved in, in a conversation and through thoughtful discussion and changes over time. Uh, so I think that's a really important insight is, uh, Use the data to make conversation. Oh, and there goes my camera. Use use the data to make conversation, not necessarily decisions based on just the data alone. Uh, so with all of that, Karina, we've talked about a couple of really interesting things, some trends, the way the industry has shifted. We've talked about time management versus financial management and how those two things are separate but related. Any final words of advice for our listeners that just want to get a better handle on the functional part of measuring their performance? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, you know, I'd say be, be transparent with yourself. You're not going to be able to do everything all at once and you've got a great team to help you with that. Tackle one thing at a time. So this quarter or this month, I want to focus on better utilization. Wherever you put your focus, you're going to see results. If you're not seeing something, put a milestone around it. Tell the team about it. Say, you know, this is an area that I'd like us to focus on for the next month, and you'll automatically see improvement there. 
don't try to track, you know, 20 different KPIs. Start with five, figure out what the top five are. Once you have those nailed, then add a couple more. Um, you know, I think you're, you're right, Marcel, people sort of jump in and they're super keen and they want to do everything perfect all at once. I'd say if there's nothing else that you took from this uh, overview is start small, tackle some of the biggest things. Once you have those, then move to the next thing. And don't be too hard on yourself. You know, we're all in this for the long haul or for the most part of it. And it's all a learning game, right? So uh, just be easy on yourself and, and work with your team and you'll get the best outcomes. Great insight. So with all of that, for those that want to learn more about Function Fox and yourself and the content that you're creating, where can they find you on the internet? Yeah, the easiest is functionfox.com, just how it's spelled like the animal. And uh, if people want to connect with me directly, LinkedIn is great or Karina at functionfox.com. Love to hear your insights. If you got something from this uh, podcast and uh, see how things are working in your agency. Awesome. And so for those of you listening, we will have a link to Function Fox and Karina's LinkedIn in the show notes. So scroll down and click on those to check them out. And with that, Karina, I really appreciate you making the time to come on the show. It was a real pleasure talking to you and I'll look forward to connecting with you again soon. Likewise. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.